It is Encounter with God time here on The Breakfast Show this morning, which means we're about to get into text messages followed by Bible study, and before that we have another question for our quiz, which Lawson will bring to you. You're How with- old was Abraham when his son Isaac was born? If you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text, and if you get that question correct, you'll go into the draw to win our journal, the word, reference, Bible, comfort print, imitation leather, browning colour, fantastic in reading, and great a great present for yourself or for someone else coming up this Christmas. Nothing better to receive than the Word of God and the ability to read it. So we'll give this to you absolutely for free. You just have to answer these questions correctly and get yourself in the drawers. How old was Abraham when his son Isaac was born? 0491-064-669. Okay. Where is everybody? I don't know. I have a single solitary text message this morning. You're here. Not one, guys. You need to wake up. What's happening out there? We're missing you guys. Okay. Mm. I don't don't think I've... I don't remember when I had no text messages. Wow. Maybe our text line is not working. Maybe something's gone wrong with our phone. I've got producer Shell. She seems to think that it's working fine. Mm -hmm. We got people people playing the quiz. Maybe... Okay, so the, the text line is working. Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you didn't say anything controversial enough. Maybe I should rectify that. Yeah. Let me see what I've got here. Something here controversial that you can talk about. <laughs> it's got to be a controversial story that I didn't get to. Uh, this is an interesting one coming out of Arkansas, where they have had a nativity scene in the local park for the last seventy-two years. And of course, now they're going to ban it. No it's way! Not inclusive. No way! It's not inclusive. You can't have Christmas. You can't have it in the park. It's just, they're being sued by some local. And parent. I thought Arkansas was like the final bastion of old America. No, no, but, not but at all. Not, not anymore. <laughs> it's like really, you know. I mean, hey, everybody gets to celebrate in their own way. I'm not going to stop somebody else from celebrating in their way. We have this thing called religious liberty. Mm-hmm. So let people celebrate and. It's just a time to be happy. I mean, this is a positive thing. This is not a negative thing. Why would somebody get upset by something that is celebrating positivity? Mm. You know, if this was celebrating negativity, like Halloween, then you might have an argument to say, no, we don't want a celebration of death in our local park. This is not a celebration of death. This is a celebration of life. Yeah. So why don't we celebrate it? Absolutely. And if you're not a Christian, then... Just be happy that life is being celebrated and not death. And I can say, also, like, I, as a secular person going to, I went to a Catholic primary school and doing the nativity story every year and the nativity scene and the play. And I was even the narrator when I was in year four, like I was 10 years old and I was like up there, like I was narrating the story and I memorized this script and I'd say, now Mary and Joseph, they've come to... Bethlehem, but there was no room in the inn, and then it'll go into the next song, and it was like really cool. But again, as like a young child, I think that those experiences had such a positive influence on me because I get to got to be a part of telling the story of Jesus's birth, like something that is so overwhelmingly positive. I, I cannot see why it is that they would go to such lengths to get rid of that. I, I guess, as you said, because apparently it's not inclusive. Yeah, it's not inclusive. How it's not inclusive, I don't know. Not like it's exclusive. It's not like say is anyone else is being excluded. Uh huh. 
Oh, like, like, what are they being? Yeah, what do you mean by it's not being inclusive? Is there such a thing as a holiday that includes everybody? Yeah, are they saying like? Do they have a problem with the nativity story itself? Are they like, oh, this is yes. using Jewish people because it's religious? That's the issue. Uh-huh. That's the issue that they're being sued over. That the, the, the local council is is being sued over is because it is religious, mm. and this is public property, and you shouldn't have anything religious on the public property. Mm-hmm. And of course, the council is saying, well, if we allow this one, then we need to allow, you know, any religion who buys a permit because they've bought a permit, obviously, to to put the thing there. They've done so for the last seventy two years uh-huh. uh, to be able to put up whatever their religious symbolism is. And I'm like, yeah, what's wrong with yes, that? What's wrong with that? Why? Where is the where is the problem here? I love going to those festivals. Like they're the best. Like I straight up, dude. I went to like Saudi Arabia Day at. Um, you went to Saudi. There's a thing in Australia called Saudi Arabia Day. No, it's in Saudi Arabia. Oh, okay. But there were Saudis at Newcastle Uni practicing Saudi Arabia Day. They were celebrating Saudi Arabia Day, and this is like a really big. It's not only like a, a national holiday, but it's also like a holiday, a religious holiday as well for them. As, sure, I'd as, go as Islamic Invite people. me. I'll be there, dude. We got hooked up. Like the food was amazing. The people were really nice. Like obviously, I'm not Islamic or Sal. Saudi. No. But to go and see their culture and to under, and I'm not like worshipping their gods or practicing no. their religion. No. But they have full right to do that. They book like the, the hall in uh in the Shortland building and it was awesome. And they I'm had, not feeling insecure about my religion that I'm going to worry about somebody else doing their festival. Absolutely not. And again, you know, Islam is a particular religion with a bunch of standards and views on these different issues. In fact, we were talking yesterday about how Indonesia um largely Islamic country have, yeah, banned having sex outside of marriage and you'll get a year in jail if you do so. Does that mean that I'm so offended by them and so insecure about what I believe that I can't go along to them? They get offended if if they've got their flag up in the local park and they're having a picnic there and they've got a bit of a display? No, you're not going to be offended by that. Yeah, it's the best. But I, oh, man, that's so If we do this for your religion, then we have to do it for every religion. Like, what's wrong with that? That's, that's, that's a thing called religious liberty. That's crazy. Okay, we've got some text messages coming through here. And oh, Raphael the people says, Sorry, Raphael says, Sorry, I woke up late. <laughs> 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 and he's just tuning in right now. Oh, that's funny. All right. So where are we? The church in the wilderness, the biggest problem is really... Uh, in the misunderstanding and the confusing in confusing the Catholic Church and its invasion of the East by force of armies and forced conversions against true Christians, whose only force was the force of the Bible and its love, the papacy might call itself Christian, uh, but that is not what the Word of God says. Not to say many Catholics are not Christians, as many are. Of course, that is the case, and we all understand that. But we can all read the same history. The history is there. Um, history is not there to be offended by. It is to be studied and to learn from. Mm. And uh, exactly what the you know what what this uh, text message says is exactly what took place. Mm. Okay, so we've got some more here. Elizabeth says, "Good to hear you hear Lyle back on the program." That's from Elizabeth. I only took two days off this time, but uh, Tim says he's only just woke up as well. What, what's what's is there something in the air or something in the water <laughs> yeah, this morning that called, everybody's? It's called COVID nineteen. Uh, no, a, a bunch of people. It's called December. It's called December. I think. I think <laughs> producer shells on the money here. I think it's called December. Uh, hi, Lyle and Lawson. Been missing the first quarter due to getting ready to go to the best country in the world. No, he's got to say New Zealand, isn't That's he? That's 
braid and he doesn't say which country it is. It is. It's a good, it's a good thing he didn't say which country. He has avoided saying which country it is because he knows we would call him out. Because <laughs> it's New Zealand. <laughs> of course it's New Zealand. This is Braden. Good for you, though. I have a bunch of friends who recently went to New Zealand and sent me back photos, and I'm like, I've been in New Zealand a couple of times, but I'm always pretty impressed. As much fun as I make New Zealand is a spectacular country. It is incredibly beautiful. The best thing about New Zealand is that there are Kiwis there that we can make fun of. Yeah, no, the best thing about New Zealanders is that New Zealanders usually stay there. (laughs) (laughs) Their country is beautiful enough to keep them contained and to not come here. No, half of New Zealand's over here. Well... Yeah, and some of them are okay. <laughs> we like Brayden. <laughs> uh, fun times, guys. All right, let's get into our Bible study this morning. We need Oof. to head over and find out what the Bible has to say uh, because we've got some interesting stuff to look into, and we're going to look at necromancy this morning. That's so hectic. It's a really, really hectic Bible study. So necromancy, of course, comes from necros, which means dead, uh-huh. and mantia which means divination. Mm -hmm. So dead divination is the literal translation of the word necromancy. Uh, It has been around pretty much since recorded history has been around, and it's basically an activity in which people summon up the supposed spirits or ghosts of the dead uh, in an effort to get some kind of information from them and usually to find out what is going to happen in the future. That's usually where it's going. Like, what's the future hold? Uh, And then, of course, alongside of necromancy, you have its uh, cousin called ancestor worship. Mm. Ancestor worship being very similar. We actually worship the spirits of the dead and communicate with them to get information. So Mm. they're kind of very, very related to each other. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. All right, so we're going to begin by looking at what the Bible has to say about this. Deuteronomy chapter 18, please, Lawson. And we're going to read verse 9 to 14. Deuteronomy 18, verse 9 9 to 14. 14, as I find it in the page, the Bible says, When you enter the land of the Lord your God is giving you, be very careful not to imitate the detestable customs of the nations living there. For example, never sacrifice your son or daughter as a burnt offering, and do not let your people practice fortune-telling or use sorcery or interpret omens or engage in witchcraft or cast spells or function as mediums or psychics or call forth the spirits of the dead. (laughs) Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. It is because the other nations have done these detestable things that the Lord your God will drive them out ahead of you. But you must be blameless before the Lord your God. Okay, so why is it that God says this? I mean, if you are secure in your faith, why would you worry about uh, people practicing necromancy in your community? Uh I mean, let's face it, you, you, you run a church over at the Newcastle Uni, or you're okay. involved in running a church over at the Newcastle Uni, uh-huh. and you had somebody who was coming along there who was practicing necromancy, you would welcome them in as a, as a visitor. Sure. Uh, would you give them a leadership position and a membership and let them preach sermons there? Uh, no, because, well, the Bible is identifying necromancy as something that is like wholly detestable to the Lord. It's pretty strong language in this passage, isn't yeah. it? It's like, no, 
Not at all. Don't have anything to do with it. Why do you think God says, why do you think God uses such strong language in warning people against necromancy, against astrology, against spiritism, uh, against ancestor worship? Because all of them are included in the passage that you just read right there. Well, all of them are some kind of form of idolatry, worshiping something else rather than God. Yes. But furthermore, when it, like specifically when it comes to necromancy, the question is, who are you talking to? Who are you communicating That's with? That's right. That's where it gets particularly scary. You know, worshipping golden calves. Because you get catfished really easy doing that stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, you can call it getting catfished. For sure. 100%. And even... Oh man, this is this is so strange that this is coming to my memory. I, this is something that's actually well known throughout the kind of community that does this is that spirits that you're attempting to connect and speak with will not be the same. And I know this, this is so interesting. When I was like maybe 10 years old, we had a babysitter who was like super like really, I don't know, goth in aesthetic. Sure. And she was telling us what she was, she would have been in her like, I don't know, early twenties or late teens or something. And she was just telling us one day all this information about how she would like contact dead spirits and stuff. But she's like, Oh, but you always have to watch out because you might not be talking to the people, person that you want to talk to, you know? So how do you actually know? And, and this is, this is the thing why it's so sketchy and like it's so dangerous for these people because the reality is as, as Christians, as a people who have been, we've been doing this Bible study about death. We know that you can't talk to the dead. Because the dead are dead. That's right. Uh, and so who are you talking to other than literally Satan and literally demons? And in today's society, we should understand this better than we have ever understood it before because we have catfishing as a real thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if you've been catfished, basically what happens is that uh, you, you know, as, as, as a man or as a male person might be talking with, somebody online having developing a romantic interest in somebody online and there's uh-huh. nothing wrong with that that's a great thing to do if you're single and you find somebody that loves the lord and they're online then make friends mm. see if that, see if that's going to go somewhere and see if the lord's got his hand in it but at the same time you've got to be very careful because there's every possibility that you're talking to you know some ugly old dude on the other side of the world who's just after money yeah and that happens a lot. It does. It happens a lot, and people lose a lot of money. Mm. And if you're talking to a spirit or something, you know, someone that's come from the dead, then, well, actually, I can tell you with absolute confidence, you are not talking to that person. You are talking to an evil spirit. You're talking to Satan. But even if you're like, well, you know, I believe in the immortality of the soul, so it could be. But that's the whole, that's the whole point, right? It could be. Yeah, we want... How do you know who it is you're talking to? In regards to, like, real-life catfishing, we give people extensive warning about all the hoops they should jump through before meeting a person from the online world in real life. And especially, you know, if they're asking you for money or whatever it may be, it's it's like we, we get people to jump through extensive hoops. Like, these are all the red flags, this is what you should do, this is what you shouldn't do to keep yourself safe. But because the there's there is fully the potential there that this person is real and great and awesome and you can meet them and you know I know people have gotten married through you know meeting online and oh absolutely and good have for fantastic them. relationships good for them but it's like okay but there's the chance that this person could be a catfish or could be lying <laughs> the difference is with with necromancy and contacting the spirits is that there is a one hundred percent chance 
that you are... It's not a chance. It's, it's just 100%. It's, it's just 100% that if you engage in that... You're going to get catfish. You're going to get catfish. Now, the thing is, though, is that many people who get engage in that... Because this is something from the outside, I think, that potentially, whether it be like more agnostic or atheistic people, they're like, oh, that's just a baloney. It's just all made up. But you can talk to the numerous hundreds of thousands of people who have had... Very real experiences. Doing this, yeah. Absolutely. And very so, real experiences. Very, very real experiences. And so, but furthermore, we know, again, we've talked earlier this week of, you know, how should our experience with God and relating to God, how should that be informed? It should be formed, informed based on the standard of his word. And the standard of his word outlines that doing this is detestable to God. And the reason is because you're just putting yourself in contact with demons. Like you are putting yourselves in harm's way. Yes. And here's a very simple formula. I, I'll just share this formula with, with our listeners this morning. I have never met anyone, not a single solitary person, who has become a follower of Jesus Christ and has turned their life into a train wreck as a result. Mm. So that's the first formula. Mm. The second formula is this. I have ne- never met a single solitary person whose life has had a good outcome from getting in contact with the spirit world. Totally. I've never met one. Don't exist. And some people say, yeah, but I'm in the middle of having a good life right now. Okay, just wait. Mm. Because the devil has no love for his own. Mm. If you choose to serve the devil, he will give you lots of stuff and then with a smile on his face, he will stab you in the back and twist that knife as hard as he can Mm. when you are least expecting it. Mm. And so if you are worshipping the devil, if you are following the devil... Be aware. You've been told this is what he will do at some point. This will not be a good outcome for you. Do not go down this path. Well, we have to say, like, with all sincerity, is that, yeah, when you go down the path of necromancy and contacting the spirits, that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Simple as that. Okay, Leviticus 20 and verse 6, please, Lawson. Leviticus 20 and verse 6, the Bible says, And the person who turns to mediums and familiar spirits to prostitute himself to with them, I will set my face against that person and cut him off from his people. And Leviticus 19 verse 31. Leviticus 19 and verse 31. 31, as I find it on the page, give no regards to mediums and familiar spirits. Do not seek after them to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Okay, so God put some pretty specific language here uh, to help us to understand. Don't try this. And why is God saying it? Is he jealous? Is he is he upset that we might be talking to somebody else? No, God knows that if you talk to Satan and you get involved in serving Satan, that it's going to go very, very badly for you and that your life is going to be destroyed and God loves us. And so he says, have nothing to do with it. Mm. All right, let's uh, go to 1 Samuel chapter 28. We're going to read a bit of a passage here in 1 Samuel chapter 28. So let me flick over there very quickly. Uh, let me just see here. First uh, Samuel twenty. First Samuel uh, twenty-eight, and starting in verse three. Yeah, did you guys talk about this passage once before, like a week or two ago? I don't think so. You didn't. Okay, all right, you didn't. First uh, Samuel twenty-eight, verse three. The Bible says, "Meanwhile, Samuel had died, and all Israel had mourned him. He was buried in Ramah, his hometown, and Saul had banned." had banned from Israel from the land of Israel all mediums and those who consult the spirits of the dead. The Philistines set their camp up at Shinnim 
and Saul gathered all his the army of Israel and camped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the vast Philistine armies, he became frantic with fear. He asked the Lord uh, what he should do, but the Lord refused to answer him, either by dreams or by sacred lots or by the prophets. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's stop there for a moment. Let's actually have a think about this. What did God refuse to do? Answer him. So God is refusing to speak to Saul because Saul has committed the unpardonable or is about to commit the unpardonable sin. Mm. And so God is not speaking to him. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Uh, And and nice to have some text messages coming through. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, guys. Everybody woke up. Thanks, guys. We were feeling so lonely. Mm. You're making us feeling less lonely now. Mm-hmm. We, we feel loved all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. All right, Lawson, another question for our quiz. Our final question for the quiz this morning. And just as we have born... Okay, hold on. Let me let me read this. This is actually a, a funny clue. And just as we have borne the image of the blank man, so shall we bear the image of the blank man. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Let me read that again. And just as we have borne the image of the blank man, so shall we bear the image of the blank man. If you know what those blanks are, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text. And if you call or text that number with the correct answer, you go into the draw to win Journal the Word, the Reference Bible, the New King James Edition. We've got in comfort print. Imitation leather. It's amazing. It's an awesome prize. We'll give it to you for free. All you have to do is answer that question correctly. 0491-064-669. Okay, so Braden says this. Braden says this. So yeah, I didn't even need to mention which country for you to know which one it was. Ha ha ha. Is he trying to imply that when he said greatest country in the world, we immediately thought of New Zealand and said that. No, yes, no, that's, that's, that's no, exactly Brayden. what happened. We just knew that you said it. <laughs> when we saw, we just know we saw, you. We saw Braden's name at the bottom, and like he's a Kiwi. Yeah, we we know we know this guy. Yeah, we know where he lives. We are, his but that's not a threat. Don't don't sue me. Uh, anyway, Paula anyways. says this. <laughs> Uh, Ukraine, Russia, another anti-Christian agenda. Religious liberties under attack. Figureheads of the system. Biden, the bishop. Uh, Biden, the Pope, Bishop of Canterbury, puppets of the World Economic Forum, and the United Nations, all designed to reign in the beast power. One world government, one world religion, one world currency. The Great Reset. In order to get this, you have to purge the world of Christianity and God, and that includes Christmas. Mm. Wow, well, that was a pretty comprehensive list. That that just laid it out. Right exactly there, that's like the most comprehensive list I've had in the shortest text message ever, as okay, far as I can in see. In fact, it was so short. Can we just hit that again? What, what are the, well, there's the so many things. There's so many things there that I could talk about and I could highlight, but I'm going to point this out from this one. So this comes from Revelation 13, verse 8, where it says, All that live upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Mm. This is the key thought. As we approach the end of time, we can look at all kinds of different organizations doing all kinds of different things, but the one thing that they are not getting rid of is religion because religion is what is going to unite the world at the end of time. Mm. And so we could say, yeah, and I can see where this person's coming from when they say getting rid of Christianity and getting rid of Christmas and all this kind of stuff. Christianity will be used rather than eradicated. Mm. 
Now, we could say that, that it's been eradicated because it's a false form of Christianity, and so you really shouldn't call it Christianity, but Christianity will be used and it will be called Christianity. Mm. And that will be central to the final events that take place before Jesus comes back. Interesting. Mm. Uh, the one here says, I believe that God allowed the Muslim religion to grow up to hold back the power of the Roman Catholic Church who had fully apostatized true Christianity and helped uh, Christianity to survive. That's a mm. very interesting thought and one that anybody who studies Middle Eastern history will see very clearly mm. that, yes, is Islam became a, well, more than a thorn in the side, a threat, a major threat to Roman Catholicism, but not to Bible-believing Christianity because mm. one of the big issues, of course, was the veneration of icons, relics, um, idols, images, and so forth. And this is one of the reasons why Islam was to take was able to take so much hold so quickly because it was seen as a pure form of religion from a religion that had gone very, very far away from the Bible. Mm. Okay, in the near future, there's another text message. In the near future, most Christians will be visited by fallen angels impersonating their loved ones. The perils of believing the immortality of the soul. They will come and lie to you and specifically tell you that the Sabbath has been changed to Sunday, but you won't find that in the Bible. And this is the important thing for us as Christians is to be able to trust the Bible enough Mm. so that regardless of what we see with our eyes and the experience that we have around us, we're able to believe the Bible mm. because we are going to experience supernatural events that are designed to convince us that the Bible is wrong. Yeah, and that's exactly what the Bible says when you read Revelation 13. It's you all know, there. It's, it's fire coming down from heaven to cause Revelation. those yes. who, to worship. and Miracles. Again, ultimately, it's up to us to be students of the Word and do what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, to walk by faith and not by sight. And what does that look like? Putting the words of the Bible above all else. Okay, First Samuel chapter. Where are we up to? We're reading twenty-eight and, and verse six again for us, please. That's right. Let me ask you this question: As we read this verse, this is the question I need you to answer. What was God not doing? Okay, He asked the Lord what He should do, but the Lord refused to answer him, either by dreams or sacred lots or by the prophets. He wasn't answering him. So God's not talking to Saul. Mm-mm. And he's specifically not talking to Saul through the prophets. Mm -hmm. So what does Saul do? Verse 7. Saul then said to his advisors, find a woman who is a medium so I can ask her what to do. His advisors replied, there is a medium at Endor. Okay, so he says, all right, God won't speak to me, so I will go and speak to a witch. Mm. So this is somebody, well, this is not so much a witch, but a medium, a necromancer. Mm. I'm going to go and speak to a necromancer. It would probably be the correct way of describing this, mm. uh, particularly because wicker and witchcraft has, the definition has evolved over time, so it's quite different from what it was in the times of Saul. Mm. Okay, let's read down through this passage. So Saul disguised himself wearing ordinary clothing instead of his royal robes. Then he went to the woman's home at night accompanied by two of his men. I have to talk to a man who has died, he said. Will you call up his spirit for me? Are you trying to get me killed? The woman demanded. You know that Saul has outlawed all the mediums and all who consult the spirits of the dead. Why are you setting a trap for me? But Saul took an oath in the name of the Lord and promised, as surely as the Lord lives, nothing bad will happen to you for doing this. 
That's kind of awkward. Yeah. Take an oath to by God. the Lord to speak to a Satan. Yep. Anyways, finally, the woman said, well, whose spirit do you want me to call up? Call up Samuel, Saul replied. When the woman saw Samuel, she screamed, you've deceived me. You are Saul. Don't be afraid, the king told her. What do you see? I see a God coming up out of the earth. What does he look like? Saul asked. He is an old man wrapped in a robe, she replied. Saul realized it was Samuel, and he fell to the ground before him. Okay, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We've got all kinds of problems happening here, don't we? Mm. Why would Samuel be coming up from the ground? Uh, Samuel was a righteous man. Why would he be coming? Why, if, 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 if there's such a thing as the immortality of the soul, why isn't he coming down from heaven? Ooh. And, and why does Saul come to the conclusion that this is Samuel? Mm-hmm. My translation doesn't say he recognized it as Samuel. He perceived that it was Samuel. Mm-hmm. And what is that perception based on? Saul hasn't seen anyone. Mm. The woman has seen someone and given a description. Mm. Saul hasn't seen anyone. He's like, well, that must be Samuel. Mm. So he bows down to Samuel. Why would you bow down to Samuel? <clears throat> Samuel is not God. Mm. And, that, and that's what the woman identifies him as as well. That's right. The woman identifies him as God. Oh God. Mm. Um, and so that's not, that's not what's happening here. Okay, let's continue on here. We've got, we've got to sort this one out before we finish up. It is on, why have you disturbed me and calling me back, Samuel asked Saul. Because I am in deep trouble, Saul replied. The Philistines are at war with me and God has left me and won't reply by prophets or dreams. So I have called for you to tell me what to do. But Samuel replied, why ask me, since the Lord has left you and has become your enemy? Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. This is a very valid point right here. Notice that the, the, the evil spirit here who is pretending to be Samuel says, why are you asking me, seeing as the Lord has left you? So, okay, so if God is refusing to speak through the prophets to Saul, mm. why would God speak through a dead prophet in a way that he has outlawed under pain of death to Saul? Mm. That makes no sense whatsoever at all. Mm. Saul knows what's up here. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, I mean, he must know what is up. Surely he knows what is up, mm. that he's not talking to Samuel and that he's talking to an evil spirit, but God won't speak to him. He's like, well, if God won't speak to me, I'll go over to the dark side and mm. see if I can get help there. Mm. Uh, we need to wrap up this story because we are out of time, but basically this evil spirit turns around and tells Saul, well, you're going to be dead tomorrow. Mm. And here's my point, and this is a point that I made at the beginning of this program. I've met a lot of people who have given their life to Jesus Christ and I've never met anyone who has messed up their life by becoming a follower of Jesus. But I've met a lot of people. I've never met anyone who hasn't messed up their life by turning to the dark side, by turning to evil spirits, by turning to Satan. And notice what Satan does here. Is Satan going to come to Saul's rescue? Could he? Mm. Probably. The Philistines worship him. Saul worships him. He can take sides. He's like, yeah, sure, I'll take sides. Um, I'll take the sides of the Philistines and kill you tomorrow because you came over to worship me. That is a prime example of how Satan will treat anyone who comes over to his side. He will stab you in the back and twist the knife in the wound. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. 
And it, we have come to the time where we're going to do a question of the day, but before we do, we're going to do our answers for the quiz. Where in Egypt did Joseph's family live? They lived in the land of Goshen. How far does God remove our transgressions? From as far as Easter's from the West. The animal pants, what animal pants after the water brooks? That is the deer and that wonderful hymn as the deer um, p- pants after the water. How old was Abraham when his son Isaac was born? He was a hundred, which is old. And then we had our final question, fill in the blanks. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. 0491-064-669 is the number that you called or text to get all those, put all those answers in. And it's also the number that you can call or text. If you guys have any questions of the day, we're running low on our backlog, but Right now, it is actually time for... Question of the Day! Alright, Lyle, our question of the day. Freco asks from Revelation 4.8, In heaven, there is no day and night only, the light of day. You know, what's what's going on? Revelation 4.8 and the description that we see of heaven and light. Okay, so in Revelation 4.8, the Bible says the four beasts had each one of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And so the question then that arises is, how can they rest not, or they not rest day and night, when there's no day and night in heaven? Okay, the answer to this one is fairly simple, and what we've got to do is we've got to look at two different possibilities right here, and we've got to be careful not to read what the Bible doesn't say. We've got to read what the Bible does say and not what it doesn't say. The first point that we're going to raise is that Revelation 4 verse 8 describes events taking place in 31 AD. Revelation chapter 21, where the Bible says there is no night there, because we can read that from Revelation 21... Uh, verse 25, the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. That is describing events that take place after the millennium. So that's still at least a thousand years in the future. So that's the first thing that we observe. The second thing that we observe is this, that the Bible does not say that the sun and the moon cease to exist in the new earth. And so if we go back to verse 23, the Bible says the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God lightens it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Do we need the moon during the day? No. No. Can we see the moon during the day? Sometimes. Sometimes you can. Mm. Okay, so the moon doesn't disappear during the day. It is still there during the day. It is still often visible during the day, but it serves no purpose during the day. And so in heaven, the Bible does not say that the sun and the moon disappear. Mm. It just says, you know, their purpose is pretty much void because there is so much light that is coming from God Mm. himself. And there's no need of them. They're still there. Okay, so if they are still there, you're still going to have sunrise and you're still going to have sunset, correct? Mm. And if you're still going to have sunrise and you're still going to have sunset, then as the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 14, God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and they shall be for signs and for seasons, for days and for years. Okay, so if the sun is still coming up and the sun is still going down, you still have days and nights, you still have seasons, you still have all of the different ones wonderful things that God has created, you just don't use them. You don't rely on them in the same way that we rely on them now. Mm. Why does the Bible say that there is no night? 
is that implying that the sun never goes down? No, it is implying that there is no darkness mm. because the presence of God is providing light. So what we need to look at once again with many of these passages is that the Bible is not doing away with day and night. The Bible is doing away with, sorry, yeah, daytime and nighttime. The Bible is doing away with darkness. You still have the daytime where the sun is up and you still have nighttime when the sun is not up. It just doesn't get dark anymore. And we have come to the end of the show. I look out the window here in the studio and it is a beautiful day outside. So we're hoping that after the show, hey, you can stay tuned for Tazzy Encounters, chuck your headphones in and get out in the sun and yeah, spend some time outside today. At least it's really beautiful here in Newcastle. I'm not sure about other areas. Okay, a couple of final text messages coming through right now. Sounds great, unifying all religions, which the Pope is pushing relentlessly. If we read Revelation 13 and 17, we soon realise it's the beginning of the end times and the Antichrist one world religion. Uh, that one coming through there from Paula. This one says, Good morning and blessings. God takes my burdens, but yet I walk with them every day. I find myself walking in sin guilt with my head bowed low, arms dragging behind me, following behind Jesus walking to the cross where he is going to take my punishment. It's hard to accept this. I know he lives. I want to feel excitement like the disciples did when they saw him in that room after his resurrection. Mm. But maybe maybe that's not to be till I see him in the clouds calling my name. Praise God. Have a great day. And I just want to encourage our listeners this morning that, yes, it is one thing to feel the burden of sin and go to the cross. When you arrive at the cross and you ask forgiveness for those sins, I want to encourage you all to remember that Jesus has died for you. He has paid the penalty and he has washed your sins away the moment that you have confessed those sins and that you do not need to be dragging your arms behind you any longer. You can leave that time of confession of sin right there and you can be one with Jesus Christ and have full assurance today. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.